episode 43 of Book Off Banter. This is our first episode back after our specials, so we've got lots of news to catch up on, and then we're going to talk about some advice that we've had, or listeners, and Krista managed to get some pros to share some advice that they've had as well. So, let's start with our news. Well, you have to go first, because you've got the best news. Um, so, baby Sebastian, actually, just before I say anything, we've had such mixed things on his name, um, so... <laughs> One woman said to me, um, that name is really you. Like, I couldn't imagine another name that you would choose. And I really don't know what that means. Is that a compliment or an insult? <laughs> got no idea. I feel like it's an insult, but I don't really know. It's an unusual way to insult people. Um, and then, like, this little girl who goes to Henry's school, she just said, um, what's the name of your baby again? And I said, Seb. And she, like, looked at me, like, kind of confused. And I was like, Sebastian? And she just kind of... Uh, a confusion kind of changed to like probably mild disdain (laughs) and you know where like an adult if they didn't like the name they would kind of just be like lovely hers literally was just like yeah I can't think of anything that I'm prepared to say about that name (laughs) (laughs) oh god thank god you can call him something truly frilly uh Sebastian is a great name and it's you know what's wrong with the name like what like why was I I didn't think it was that children no, it's a lovely name. Yeah, so baby Sebastian is here. And honestly, what we've just been chatting about this is the polar opposite to his brother, which in the nicest possible way, thank fuck, because <laughs> I just didn't have the strength like for, an, for another whirlwind. So, yeah. Uh, it's a, you're, you're definitely braver than me. I just, I, I like our children are quite similar. And um. I'm so thrilled for you that your second go around has so far been so lovely. Um, and I'm enjoying living vicariously through you rather than having to go through it again, because I'm pretty sure if I did go through it again, I'd end up with potentially worse than Charlie was. And I'm just not on for it. So I'm not really, prepared. really, really happy. I'm so happy for you that it's that like, it's all going well. And he's so beautiful. I'm so happy because yeah. I was just like, I was saying to Krista, when like everything is crazy and flat out and Seb's being so easy, I'm like, how the fuck was I thinking this was going to work? Like the other day, I actually didn't even tell you this. Um, so our lamb, oh, no, our sheep has had lambs. We didn't want it to have lambs, but next door's tup seems rather overzealous. And every year we seem to acquire <laughs> yet more sheep that we didn't even want in the first place. Um, so like lambs that we didn't want originally are now having lambs. So it's like going to go on forever. I'm going to be 80 and like, I never even wanted a sheep in the first place. Anyway. <laughs> You're going to um, overrun with sheep. Yeah. Overrun. So this lamb is, well, according to all the like farmy people, just their description of it is it's useless doesn't really suck so anyway nearly died so it ended up in the arger so we had the lamb in the arger and the spaniel was like so overexcited about the lamb being in the arger so she was like licking it so vigorously in the face but this little lamb was like so weak so it was like being hurled about (laughs) by like grace like you know thrashing it with her tongue and then um so henry's sitting at the table um, we've got Seb was crying 
the lambs and the organ, and Henry sitting, eating a homemade lasagna, watching YouTube. And he just turned around and looked at me and said, I think life probably seemed easier before. Oh, did it? Oh, very good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's hard for you. Is it? it like, looks like it's a real struggle for you. Like, yeah, poor, poor Henry. <laughs> Jesus, his diamond shoes are too tight. Like, bloody hell. <laughs> Charlie turned around this morning and he says to me, um, management. I like that. Charlie's actually a very polite child. He's not on me like this at all. He says, uh, management. And I turned around and I was like, excuse me. He goes, could you get me a glass of water, please? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Like they're they're gas and they're living terribly hard lives. These children, maybe oh, they are. It's yeah, it's tough, tough at the top. <laughs> it's so tough at the top. It's a hell of a lot tougher down here at the bottom, though, isn't it? <laughs> um. So then, in less child news, um, I am back on. I've been riding high Ohio for a couple of weeks because he's just so so safe, and I couldn't really get on and off without like being winched. So he was low <laughs> where I wasn't going to do Ben a serious injury um <laughs> so I rode him for a couple of weeks and then I've ridden Manny a couple of times Manny's just been totally unhelpful so there's like a young girl who is coming to has been coming to try Ohio and she's just like gonna see how she goes on him um, and I'm just gonna keep sort of producing him and um she wanted to go out for a hack and I don't have anything else that I can hack out so I was like well shit Manny hasn't been for a hack since like before yeah. Christmas but I haven't got anything else to ride. So I was like, oh, I'll just take him. He'd probably be all right. Probably. Fucking hellfire. <laughs> so <laughs> this nine-year-old girl on the like rising four-year-old pony, I saw those flapping haylage. Oh, Plastic flap, is it like? Yeah. In all caught in the in the hedge. And I clocked it and I thought, if Manny sees that, like he's on his back legs and we're going back home high speed which is probably going to leave this girl a little bit like, what the fuck's going on here? So I was like, um, can you just go ahead? Just quickly, just kick on. So she's like, okay. So hi, you're like, and Manny's like behind him, like. Giving a dressage horse passage uh-huh. on the road. like he, fr- he was frightened of the flowers. He was frightened. When she got back, she was like, oh, like, so her mum, Manny was frightened of this and this and this and this <laughs> and this. I was like, yeah, not the ideal horse to go out with. Um, so, yeah, he's back in work. Pancake was supposed to be, so they've, they've been walkering the whole time and they've been lunging. And then I just stopped, like, when I just had him. So my, Pancake was supposed to, like, stop doing more trot work on the lunge. But instead, he decided that he would pull his shoe off and half his foot with it. So he was lame. And Ben tried everything to get a shoe back on him. But he kept like it was just too much sole pressure. So eventually, he managed to get a shoe back on. He was in work for a day. I didn't tell you this, actually. Um, managed to rip the same shoe back off. Ben what? caught him. Oh, fuck. He caught him yesterday. And like, do you know when someone just looks? He, like, he looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He tr- like, between a rock and a hard in. place now. Yeah, the horse mine is a shoe and my disappointed wife uh, expecting me to fix this because I am, after all, a farrier and the horse is conspiring against him. And yeah. He trudged in and he just said, he's taking that shoe back off. And I was like, oh. So anyway, oh, no. this morning he put it back on and I said, should we trot him back up and I'll see if I can lunge him? And he just said... Just fucking lunge no, it, Katie. No. Just, just lunge it. I can't. Just give it butte now. and look. <laughs> Just give it some butte. I don't want to see it name again ever. 
can't, I can't trot this thing up anymore. Like I just don't have the emotional strength for it. But actually he is still sound. <laughs> so I think despite his best efforts, he was like, fuck, I've got to be lunged again, bastard. <laughs> so no doubt he'll do something oh more grand tomorrow. So yes, yeah, so that's, I think don't that's that. all my news. Um, well, except for the dog requiring an emergency operation on Friday. Um, but all's what? well. Oh Which yeah, dog? Gracie. Just um, why? Which, what happens? Well, I thought she had a prolapse, so that was grim. But actually, it turned out that it was like a growth, which then came out horrific. I can't even like it was grim. You'd probably be okay with that because you've like farmed and stuff. But I was absolutely like squeamish as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I got her down there, and and they were like, "Oh, it's not a prolapse. It's um, it's going to have to be removed. She's going to have to go into general." which then made me like weep because she's 11. And I was like, she's going to die. Henry just went to school this morning and she was fine. And now he's going to come home and oh. And I think the vets were like, fucking hellfire. Like. <laughs> so yeah. So Katie, how is it being back? I mean, how are you going? <laughs> <laughs> oh you wish you hadn't asked. You wish you hadn't asked. I'm really one. sorry for you. I'm just... I'm beyond delighted that Sebastian is such a lovely child because to be completely honest with an onslaught like that of your animals conspiring against you, I think it would just be enough to tip you over the edge otherwise. Oh, 100%. Like, thank God. God, what a bunch of arseholes, really. The the dog and the fucking horse and oh my goodness. (laughs) And the lamb in the argot. That lamb was in the argot, honestly, more than a slice of toast. Like, it's been in, out, in, out. Because every time it goes outside, it's like, ooh, it's a bit brisk out here, isn't it? Let's get me back in that argot. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't forget about it. I've heard a couple of those stories where the oh lamb goes God. into the oven and, yeah, they forget about the lamb. Comes yeah, out. Charred. Basically, but, yeah, charred, exactly, but not in, a, not in a fun way, not in a good way. Like, you can't even really do anything with that. You can't put mint sauce on that and present it as dinner, can you? So no. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. Well, Henry had like a meltdown. <gasps> You're gonna roast it <gasps> like <this. laughs> So he was trying to force us to not let it go in the argot, as we were like, honestly, this lamb was like minutes, I think, away from croaking it. Um, yeah, certainly the plug hole, like, yeah. Yeah. So we're like, you have got to let us put this lamb in the argot. And he's like, no, it's gonna die. We're like, it's about to drop down dead. Let us put it in the argot. Like wrestling Henry out the way, <laughs> trying to insert the lamb. Oh, oh God. God. It's like farmer versus activist, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Just we're doing it for the best interest of the lamb. You're not. You're not. <laughs> I know. Oh. So yeah. So that's honestly that is absolutely it for me. That is all my news. I am sure. I what about plenty you? Of news. Um, I'm so excited oh, to hear I... about Bear. Actually, and Molly. Yeah. Oh my god, I know, right? Um, so <clears throat> I have um, I've really struggled to get back out going this year. Like every spring, I'm a bit doddery, um, and I struggle every spring, like just to kind of get back going and get the confidence happening and things. And um, I just kept kind of like delaying and delaying. And then Bear is a really tricky mare. Like she's absolutely brilliant at the shows. It's like game face on total pro, but at home, fuck me. She is the greatest pain in the arse. You can't jump the horse at home. She loves to jump. And that's the problem <laughs> because you can't keep a lid on it. So um, 
counterpoles and cavaletti and stuff are fine but actually jumping needs to be reserved for either schooling or actual shows so yeah um because i know i messaged you and i was like what am i gonna <laughs> fucking do i can't jump this i can't failing and i've tried so hard it's all a complete waste of time and the horse has gone not improving at all but then i i I entered her in a show actually out of irritation because I was so fed up with the whole situation, like at home trying to improve her, trying to get her to slow down and think. And she's just like, shut up. I just want to jump the jumps. Just yeah. piss off and leave me alone. So I just, it, it was kind of out of temper, to be honest. I entered her in a show. <laughs> and I, it was just, we just entered her in an unaffiliated show at our local place. And I was like, right, fine. Fine then. If you want you to think you can up, do it? Fine. <laughs> you think you're so bloody special? Grant, we'll go to a show. Let's see. And she went in, and she just literally lists. It's like it's like a screen comes down or a flick switches or something. She just or switch flicks. She goes into the ring, and she's just like game face. It's like Terminator. Yeah. And she cruised around like super good. And I was like, right, well, fine. I mean, you know. All so right you then. Should, that's how you want it. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Lesson learned. <laughs> She got a round of applause. Oh, bystanders! And I was like, "That won't yeah, help. Yeah. That won't She's help really her ego, isn't she? Yeah. There's <laughs> just going to be like now when you're like, so you need to do. She'll be like, listen here. Now I've had a round of applause, and I am yeah. not prepared to listen to what you're saying up there. Yeah, I'm not listening to you because clearly your advice is stupid. Slow down, bear. Take your time, bear. Yeah. <laughs> what did Where you going to spend that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> So I thought, right, fine. She is registered. And I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll take her to a registered show this weekend. Just gone. Um, and we have this amazing arena at the same venue, actually. And it's, it's it's called the International Sand. And it's massive. And it's they always have the really, really amazing, you know, brightly painted new fences and the water trays and, the you know, the whole nine yards. It's like, and they, the best thing about, it, it's both a blessing and a curse, I suppose. The best thing about the, the tracks for the young horses, or for, for all horses here, right from the beginning, right from literally 80 centimetres, up, 80 centimetres upwards in Ireland, all of the better venues will build a really technical track. Like right. They'll build every kind of a line. Like These horses get used to jumping this stuff right from the beginning. And so technicality, um, whilst obviously you have to school for it all the time, but they're, it's not like they get dropped in the deep end when they're yeah. six or seven. You know, They're used to it. And so it was quite a technical track. And had all the, you know brightly painted fences and everything and I'd seen some pictures of it in the week beforehand and I was just feeling a bit sick about the whole thing a fucking a bright yellow wall like a bright yellow wall and I was like oh I'm gonna die she's <laughs> never seen anything like this before I've literally no reason to think that it would be a problem for her because she doesn't really care what I think anyway um but I got there and the guy that owns the venue and runs the show is like oh hello how's it going he's like oh, hi how are you and he's like are you jumping yeah I'm jumping well, you know, that's great. And I was like, your presence hall has been giving me nightmares for about a fortnight. <laughs> and he's like, listen, just kick on, just get on with it, which is always his advice to me. And I was like, right, fine. Anyway, she went in and she was brilliant. She was absolutely brilliant. Jumped the best she's ever jumped. The only problem I had was because it's a big arena and she's now full of her own self-importance after a round of applause, I had like no breaks whatsoever. None. Like going to a fence, you can set her up. But when you land, it's like... She's like acres of space. Yeah. I'll just accelerate. And what do you mean, slow down bear? So she was brilliant. And then she went down to the bright yellow wall and she was like, wall, grand. Yeah. And she jumped in and she was really, really, really good. So I am. Um, she sounds really like my boys, where like they don't really jump at home because they're just too bold. So they do yeah. loads and loads of like exercises, like what you're talking about, but they don't like jump properly. But that's what you want. Cause exactly like you've just said, when they get to a show, a bold horse is more just like excited about the fact that they can go on at something yeah. rather 
rather than like, oh, what what might that be over there? They're just like, come on, like, let's get going. Exactly. So, yeah. And she's she's really, really good. And like, I just, I struggle with my confidence because her sister, you know, I had a few years of a sister who was completely the opposite. Yeah. And I'm just using this now as an opportunity. I want to try and get back more to the height that I used to jump at. And I yeah. want to slowly kind of build up. Um, and I'm just going to try and use this season to make some progress with that. Um, and then my four-year-old, my four-year-old is cool. Well, I've got two four-year-olds, but my little Roan one, I'll have to wait because I just don't have time to do them all at the minute. Um, but the the Bay four-year-old mare, she was one that kind of I struggled with her a little bit because she she's quite sharp under saddle, okay. a little bit humpy, a little bit plungy, no dirt in her. But yeah. one of those that when she's having a bit of a response about something, you can't get in the middle of it you have to just kind of steer her through it because if you're like oh god she's like shit I knew there was a reason to panic yeah um so it's taking me a while to get confident with that and I kind of was trying to sort of get her to accept being ridden like she was broken and ridden away by a good friend of mine who did a beautiful job with her but then it was my turn and I'm not as you know I'm not as good a rider as Ashling, and I'm not as uh, I'm on my own as well I've no help so I'm a little bit more cautious about it but I rang my my dentist is he's really really good at like natural horsemanship like proper natural horsemanship like book banner and stuff and I quite often ring him if I'm hit a bit of a wall with stuff and I rang him and he very gently pointed out that I needed to sort of take charge and make the situation happen in a way that gave the horse confidence in other words stop fanning around and I did and it's been fine and she's been great and she's just jumped her first little grid so I'm really happy about that because I honestly I didn't couldn't see how I was going to get to there yeah from where we were but she's brilliant so I'm really 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 pleased with her um the ping is going great at home ping is just enjoying her life she is a unicorn yeah we heard about a little girl who's a friend of a family that we're friendly with and she had said that for her fifth birthday she was desperate to to meet a real unicorn and I just had this mad brainwave, not sure where it came from. So I raided one of those pony party online stores for the paint and the stencils and the glitter and the unicorn horn and the hair extensions. And I turned Ping into a unicorn and it was really, really nice. Did you put a video on? Because I've hardly had, like, I've been crazy. I've hardly been on social media. I did see a picture where, like, Ping looks, like, she's looking at the little girl and she looks so sweet, Ping, like she ping loves kids ping is everybody's friend she loves people she's very friendly and she's particularly loves children like i've had her since charlie was six months old and she has been his best friend since ever and she's yeah. one of those ones that you know okay you'd never trust a horse with a child because you know you can't do that but as close as you could to relying on a horse yeah. to be gentle with a child she would be it and so she stood in the middle of all of these people who are not horsey at all and she was just like this is fine <laughs> she's so sweet and then she got millions of polaments which are you know unicorn treats yeah and she thought that was great as long as it kept feeding her parliaments she was happy so yeah yeah was the little girl like was she over the moon oh yeah she was she thought it was great and I was really worried because like I'm old and cynical and a bit crap and I felt I was really worried that my unicorn efforts was a bit like a euro saver unicorn do you know what I mean the horn was a bit floppy and I hadn't done a trial run beforehand because I didn't know if I had enough stuff to try it twice over I wasn't sure how much you order for a 17-hand unicorn, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I, I sort of wasn't sure how it's was going to go. Turns out it takes a lot longer to turn a horse into a unicorn than it does to get plat it and get it show ready. But So that's lesson learned right there. Right. But she loved it. She got out of her car and she was like, <gasps> and you forget that life looks magic through the eyes of yeah. a five-year-old child. And sometimes it's quite nice to see that 
it reminds yeah. you to stop being such a crusty cynical old shite do you know what I mean like you're kind of like as I said I was really worried she'd be like that's that real unicorn yeah but she was like wow a real unicorn oh it was so cool it was just so cool and as I said I just I love Pink so much because she's just like oh children you can just imagine the like you know how sisters like bicker you can imagine bear being like i got a round of applause (laughs) and ping being like i'm a fucking unicorn (laughs) yeah suck it bitch i'm better than you um but she it was really funny because i got this like i ordered like 30 neon pink hair extensions right and they came and and it was i said to charlie like shit come out and help me i i need to turn ping into a unicorn can you just come out and help me because I'm running out of time and like the only available option for help is my seven-year-old son and I'm like just come out and help me so he's like right fine so he came outside and I'm like opening all these hair extensions and they've got clips in the back and I've bunched her mane down the whole way along and I'm trying to get the clip into the mane and it won't go and I'm sweating and panicking and I'm like running out of time and I can't get the mane she shakes her head her hair's all gonna fall off and Charlie's like oh because you're doing it wrong I'm like so what he said like get the hair extension and you had to bend the comb the opposite way, which opened it. And then you clip it onto the hair and then you bend it back. And then the hair extension is really well stuck onto the hair. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> and he goes, oh, there's a girl in my school who's got hair clips like that. And you just bend them this way, tuck them in and bend them that way. That's it. And I was like, what? Mind blown. But like, didn't have time. I was like, just so grateful. Yeah. Because he'd saved me about half an hour. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, they do that, don't they? Like Henry's done things like that yeah. before where he just goes, well, why don't you just do this? And I'm like, hmm, why don't I just do that? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I knew that. I was just testing you. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. He was just, and he was really good. So then, then we had to do the tail. And so like I had the tail out in like bunches and we were just, both of us, like hacking away at the hair with, <laughs> with the hair to the multicolored chalk. He was great. He was so helpful. Um, so that was, and then he came out and he's like, I'll make sure now and I don't tell the girl the ping isn't really a unicorn. I'm like, ping is so a unicorn. <laughs> but it was great. It was really good fun. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, really. I haven't been much more exciting than that going on. That was excitement enough for me. Yeah, that, that's plenty of excitement. It was a much nice type of excitement than the lamb and the agar and the <laughs> sick dog and the horse and the shoe, to be fair. So, yeah. So shall we go on? So we're going to do a topic about um, advice. We, it might actually end up probably going to turn into, I think, two episodes, like we'll maybe in a few weeks do, because I think we've just, we've got loads and it is really good. So do you want to start with either your best advice or advice that you've received that has been bad? <laughs> I'll give my bad advice, my worst advice first. And okay. I just want to be clear that, I love my mother very much and I understand that she always did her best for me, okay, before I go any further with this. When I was 16, I, had, I worked my first job for an Irish Olympic event writer called Olivia Houlihan and I thought I was I was made up going to work here and I learned a lot from them, I really did, but my mother said to me when I was going to, the, to my first job that if I gave up everything and I sacrificed everything and I just worked non-stop round the clock that I would achieve my goal and I have to categorically point out that I am not on the short list for Tokyo and I'm not on the long list for Paris so that's quite tough advice I think I, it took me a long time to realize you have to let work smarter and not harder but then yeah. when you're young you don't really have that kind of insight either 
So like I said, I love my mother very much, but that was pretty shit advice. Um, my best, I know it's not even a best bit of advice. It's a phrase that I use quite a lot um, and I like it, but I have to explain it. Here I'm being Alan Partridge again. So. <laughs> I know we're cracking all the sanctuary. Um, and it, it came from, I used to work for, for the um, Irish team writer, Paul O'Shea, when he was in Ireland. And he had this phrase, which is that hot horses are always lazy. And if you take it at its literal face value, obviously it's a little bit condemning. And that's not at all how we meant it. And it's not how I have found it to be. It's sort of almost like a badly put way of saying that if a horse is throwing a lot of hot air or a lot of attitude or a lot of, you know, effervescence or whatever, into the kind of work you're trying to do with the horse there's a reason why that horse is avoiding the work it's not actually lazy the lazy part is that it's avoiding the work so it's on you then to work out why to look at your training methods or to look at how the horse is or what's happening um but it's a, it's a phrase that always springs to my mind like if i'm trying to do something with a horse and the horse is, is like you know creating quite a lot of excess energy about it but not actually addressing the task or looking at what it's being asked to do well why um you know because they always do have a reason for avoiding the issue so as I said like on face value the phrase is a little bit it's not that, that pleasant but actually it's been quite thought-provoking for me throughout the you know my, my my sort of time since I've known that piece of information yeah. um and I, found I it love to be that quite, one I think yeah, that's quite really a good one really true it's, yeah yeah it's like, like we find really that the work we find that with with pancake obviously he's the hot like the hottest one I've ever dealt with and he doesn't want to go straight he doesn't want to submit and soften and that's why yeah. he throws everything else because exactly like you say it's an avoidance of doing what you want him to do he would rather like panic and be tense and change like when we got him Jesus yeah you could not keep him on the same leg he would literally just do like one-time changes you couldn't change your diagonal and it was all just like a lack of acceptance of the rider. Yeah, so then why? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. like I said, in that phrase, you know, it's a hot horse is always lazy, but it doesn't mean lazy, is it? It just means the horse is avoiding the work. So so why? And then, then it ends up being on you. And if it's an older horse like him, you know, you're going to have to scaffold around <laughs> whatever issues he has and try and help him and understand him and make it possible for him to do his job. And, and you know, with the younger horse, then you maybe have to look at how the horse is physically, how it is mentally, what you're asking it to do is it appropriate could you ask it differently I mean sometimes with horses you have to go around the houses to sort of yeah. teach a horse something that another horse would pick up immediately mm-hmm. um it doesn't make it a better or a worse horse it's just they learn differently same as kids do and so I, I really like that phrase because it makes me think yeah. more about what's happening so yeah that's me what about you? That's like Charlotte, isn't it? She says like that you need a lot of leg on a hot horse and not a yeah, lot of leg no, on a cold exactly, horse. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it is really, really true, definitely. So my bad advice, I was kind of like racking my brains and a little bit like you, it's a woman who was probably trying to be helpful. So she came with us to look at my 13-2 because my mum was absolutely not horsey really couldn't be chewed with like the whole trekking round looking at random ponies so she got this horse expert to come with us and I mean we've discussed in previous episode I am shit at buying horses and I will basically buy like a rocket you know just to see how long I can sit on its back 
But this pony, I went to try it out and I was like, I'm frightened of it because the woman let me in an open field with it and it just bolted. And this woman was totally not surprised and was just shouting, two hands on one rein, circle, circle, smaller, smaller, smaller. And so I'm like terrorising around like, you know, like a motorbike. (laughs) Anyway, when, when I eventually managed to like get it back and it just did that horrible like hot jog you know like bounce and like mini rears I'm gonna do it again any second now exactly and I was fucking shit scared so anyway I got back and I thought I'm not gonna say because I was like a kid I didn't want to say like this thing's deranged so (laughs) I just like didn't say anything and we got to the car and there's me thinking like this horse expert's gonna say mom I'm like Jesus this thing wants like I don't know retired but instead she said, I like him. He's got very, oh. very kind eyes. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Oh, his eyes are fine. I don't have to ride his fucking eyes. His <laughs> eyes aren't the problem for me here. <laughs> his fucking I'm legs. Taking his eyes to a pony club rally and having a lovely time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, my God. And like, it's a shit. It's, it's hard, actually, because when I wrote this down, I thought, one of the main things I go for in a horse when I buy a horse is actually its eyes. But yeah. I feel like that has to be part of a larger picture. Yeah, yeah. Bigger picture mentality every time. Mm. Every time. Like the, the nice eye needs to be in a civil demeanour. Yeah. And um, if you take an 11 year old to look at a pony and the pony disappears at high speed <laughs> across an open field... I reckon it doesn't matter how kind its eye is because it's just not, it's not a kid's pony, is it? I had this with my second pony, actually. It was a 14-2 pony and I was going from a 12-hand pony. He was my first pony. I had him from when I was two to when I was about 11. And I just kind of outgrew him. But he and he had Cushing's and COPD and all kinds of crap like that. So he just got to the point where he was a bit, a bit bockety for anything. Um, but he was a bit of a shit. He used to like book people off and things fairly regularly. But that was it. Yeah. Um, well, I say that was it, but like, you know, it could have been worse like your story well it got to be your story so my mom again god love i love my mom very much and i know that she's always tried her best for me okay i'm really just stressing this again my poor mother's getting an awful hounding this evening um mom was looking for a second pony for me and she found this 14 2 pony belonging to some people that she knew that had been drag hunting its entire life and that's all and it arrived and it was mental um and put me up on it and took me cross-country schooling I had never been cross-country schooling before in my life I had never ridden a horse in a large field like and when I say large I mean like the Serengeti I'd never ridden a horse in this kind of setting before and this thing had been drag hunting and it did what predictably yeah it would do and it took off at a thousand miles an hour it felt like and it probably thought this... it was wondering where the hounds were so it was like we'll have to catch them oh just catch them yeah. yeah hundreds of acres of set aside and off it went and I had no clue what to do because the horse had never bolted with me before yeah. I'd never been this fast before I'd never been in a field before and I'd never been cross-country schooling before not that the cross-country jumps were an issue at that point <laughs> and they're all shouting circle circle yes. I had lost both my stirrups. Yeah, I was literally (laughs) balancing on my knees. And I don't know, like, good luck. I think literally balancing on my knees and luck. And eventually, thankfully, the pony was not very fit. It was a bit fat. So thankfully, eventually, I kind of did manage to get it stopped. And I was terrified. I was shaking from head to toe. And, like, nothing like this had ever happened to me before. And I'm like, I started to cry, you know, because I was only, like, I was 11. You know what I mean? I was like... 
started to cry and I was like why do I have to ride such a difficult pony and my mom's like you learn nothing from the easy ones and I now know that to be completely incorrect you learn loads from the easy ones more bad advice bless it yeah more bad advice sorry mom sorry mom love you mom um but yeah so I completely sympathize with that like when they take off like that and you don't have the experience of the web with all to do anything about it it is really awful awful anyway sorry I digress no (laughs) yeah no basically it's exactly it was exactly the same like I'd come off an ex-riding school 12 to yeah and this thing is done like Prince Philip Cup so like (laughs) it was game on like I mean oh anyway um so what's your good advice then my good advice is it's quite a recent one and it's to not not take too much responsibility um yeah and I think that helped me so much for so many reasons um, and it's helped the horses as well because I think before I was like you know I have to get like the line I have to get the like the canter the yeah. stride that we're going on some and Belinda especially was an absolute shit for like she would come off a corner like oh it's a lovely day look at the sun yeah. And then you'd get to an oxer and she'd bury you into the front of it. And Carla would be like, that's her job. Yeah, she, yeah. Like they have a part to play in this. And she, Carla will not help the horses past like, you know, giving them a good line, a good canter. A straight line and a reasonable yeah. canter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After that, it is their job to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, at first I thought she was trying to kill me. I often think she's trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> and I was like, but if I don't tell it to take off, we're not going to take off. And she was like, so then deal with that because you cannot (laughs) always tell them to take off. And also you tell them to take off sometimes at really shit places. You would be better letting them make a decision because you're fiddling or something. So if you do what you can do, which sort of is a semi straight line and a passable canter, the rest yeah. I would leave like let's not overcomplicate shit with you and it's been like it's been amazing and I think it's a really good lesson for a young horse like if you if you're starting a baby and you're like micromanaging them at 60 centimeters how are they yeah. ever going to help you out around a bigger course like they've not learned to find a leg they've not learned to look for a stride they've not learned to come off a corner and say oh this is where we're going it's this one like yeah and that's such an important skill and I also think like kind of in the same vein is like say if you've got a horse that's like comes off a corner and is always gonna like nah I'm not helping you there and it's gonna drop you she would be like you know check everything's okay work with it and then just go do you know what? You don't want to do the job. And if yeah. you don't want to do the job, you're just going to frighten me. And actually, where's the yeah, fun in it see, for yeah. yourself? Like, this is exactly what happened with me. Yeah, with Ping. Like, and I love Ping dearly. And I like that she does have, we now know some really funky, weird stuff going on. But I was the same as you. Like, I'm obsessed with fucking strides. Obsessed. With them. <laughs> obsessed. And this is what, you know, I spend my entire, like, counterpoles. Um, yeah. all the time just like all the time because it's just and it is actually the reason why even though I practice it all the time and I'm reasonably accurate um I struggle to push myself further to progress and to move on and jump bigger fences because I'm like what if I make a mistake it'd be too hard for the horse the reality is I do the work I put it in and I'm reasonably accurate so I've no reason not to trust the system 
but I just get caught on that kind of like plateau. But with ping, I much like you with Belinda, I'd be like, right. So I would have to have a good distance. I would have to be brave for myself and for the horse. Yeah. And I would have to know when to push and know when to, and I was doing everything. And yeah. she, I'm not going to say doesn't want to do the job because at home she loves to jump and she's brilliant. She has a, a genuine reason for why she struggles when she travels and competes. And that's a whole other story. So she does have a genuine reason for it, but her reason didn't prevent me from. So instead of looking at it and being like, like you with Belinda, I, I did the best I could. I did a good job. I had a good counter. I had a good stride. I did my part. I probably took too much responsibility for the horse. And when it came down to it, down to brass tacks, the horse couldn't or wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't take from that the fact that I had done my part well yeah. and I had supported her as best I could. I took from that that I'm shit and I'm ruining the horse yeah. and I can't do it. And, and it, it, it's, it's, it, it's a great thing, as you say, to have someone say to you, it's their job. And now I have Bear, who's the complete opposite. She's not fucking interested in what I think, how we should be doing the job. She doesn't care. She's not interested. Stupid. She's not, she's got it going on. And I nearly am struggling to find my feet with that after a few years of the complete opposite. So I think, I think it's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. And I think actually exactly like you say, that's really important as well, that like, I would be the same as you. Like I would take away from that, like, oh, I'm shit because Carla could get it yeah. around a course. And, yeah. and but then Carla would be like, well, yes, I can get it round the course. It's not it wanting to take me. But yeah, course. it's yeah. not like, yeah, like, let me at that game on. I'm going to help you. I'm, it's, so actually, what's the point? Like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, it's, and it, it's the damage from it is hard to take apart and overcome. And I think like what's been good for me is actually she's moved a couple of horses on. I've seen her. Like, she's had a horse yeah. in and she's just gone not going to do the job like and yeah look she's getting it round classes like but actually she's like this thing is not gonna it's not gonna be a show jumper because it doesn't want to be yeah so that's a really valuable lesson like the day that you make a bad decision that that thing is gonna put you into the bottom of the fence yeah yeah, like just what's the point for an amateur who doesn't want to knock their front teeth out at the first fence every time yeah. Just get a horse that wants to do it and wants to be like, oh, you fucked that stride up. It's a good job. I've seen this like from a mile off. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. You just sit there, love. Yeah. Um, and I always found that eventing because, you know, I was always trying to event, you know, I never had any money and I was always trying to event, you know, things that shouldn't have, in honesty, probably been eventing. But I was trying to do it because I wanted it so badly. And yes. It just meant everything to me. I lived and breathed and dreamt and slept it all the time. I just, so I just would take whatever was going. Um, and this is what I'm saying, like with there's a point in time where horses that want to do the job and know how to do the job are really, really much more valuable to somebody than having to carve what they want out of a horse, a young horse, you know, because it may or may not do the job. And if it does the job, that's great. But if it doesn't, well, now what? So, you know, it, it, when I was I'd go eventing and I'd be riding these like feral barely broken or they thought they were barely broken like deranged fucking things and I'd look around me and everybody would be like riding nice horses and cobs and ponies and all sorts of horses you'll see eventing it's you know yeah eventing is lovely in that it can celebrate the strengths of many different types of horse mm-hmm. um and they were all having a really nice time and the horses were jumping over the jumps and I would come away from it like that and I'd just be like oh it's my it's my fault I'm shit 
Yeah. I bet if I had one of those nice quiet horses, I'd probably turn that into a deranged lunatic as well. Instead of going well, I'm managing the best I can with what I have. So yeah. um, it, it, it's certainly a really, really important piece of advice. You know, you have to at some point cut the crap and go, listen, like, see it for what it is. And the greatest favor you can do for a horse, if the horse isn't loving it, well, every horse has a job. Yeah. Not to be crude about it, you know, for some horses that's in a field eating grass and for some horses that's jumping at the Olympics. Every horse has yeah. a job. They all have a preference. They all have something they can or can't do. And you're doing the horse a huge favor by trying to find him a job and a partner and a life that suits him. Yeah. If it doesn't suit you, you don't have to keep banging your head against the wall in a situation that just isn't going anywhere because it's detrimental to you, but it's also detrimental to the horse. Yeah. And don't and like don't feel that you've let it down because it's a two way. Hundred percent not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two way street. So um, you got. Um, you got lots of other advice sent. Um, so I like this one from Joseph Murphy, who is um, an Irish Olympic event rider. And he sent us two bits of advice. Um, the first one he said was from his friend and sports psychologist, Charlie Unwin. He said, some days winning will feel easy. Everything aligns and other days you have to fight for it but each time you get the same result. Um, yeah, for sure, yeah. And I, I really, really like that one because it's true, isn't it? Like there are so many factors. There are so many variables. And if you get to a show and you're like, fuck, this thing's spooking and that filler's like exactly what I didn't need to be there. And, and other days, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But other days, like everything just seems like it's meant to be it's and I think you just probably have to adapt your mentality and like be able to overcome the fact that stuff maybe looks like it's stacked against you and try and think it can still go my way like rather than let it defeat you I think the horse world is full of these people I think you know by and large a lot of equestrians have remarkable resilience and incredible ability even if they don't feel like they do they have incredible ability to create something out of nothing um yeah. and I, I i really do um i i used to run training clinics in Ireland and i used to bring in trainers from um usually from the uk but they like we would have had you know the likes of clayton fredericks and blythe tate and people like that but jock paget came over a couple of times now he's back in in um, new zealand now but he came over a couple of times and jock was absolutely amazing and he said that when it gets up to what is now what was four star what is now five star he said you have to be prepared to do it ugly sometimes yeah like sometimes it's not going to look good in a photo sometimes you've got to scrap it's a dogfight and you've got to make it happen you know and other times you see them cruising around in a double handful and it all looks really beautiful but he said you to, to succeed at those levels you've got to be able to do it ugly as well as do it pretty and i think that that's you know it ties in exactly with what joseph has said there um yeah like sure. I've been told uh, off before for like coming out and being like oh that wasn't really this and people saying like it's not a dressage test you got the horse round yeah. that's the job is to get the horse round like just because yeah you know it wasn't maybe like as pretty it doesn't matter like so yeah um and his other piece of advice was um Michael Young had said to him during a training session that if you don't prepare, it will be noticed and it will reflect in the result. It's so, so true. It's so yeah. much hard work at home. 
for like a few uh, minutes at a show. Yeah. I agree. And I know that we're, we're pretty similar and that, you know, like that, you know, in the rain, in the sun, in the snow, you know, every day you're putting it in, putting it in. And sometimes you can definitely get to the point where you're like, I'm banging my head against the wall here. This is a complete waste of time. The horse is not improving, which is what I've just been through recently with Bear. But when you actually get out into a competitive environment, you have a better measure of the efforts you've put in. Yeah. And you can, you know, you, you'll see things in a show or you'll feel something with the horse at a show or you'll feel a change or an improvement or that you hadn't maybe noticed at home or weren't able to sort of identify at home. Um, and I think, you know, it does sort of create a mindset, you know, if you're putting it in at home and you're doing the training and you're doing the work, if you don't have the best results at a show, it is easier to treat those better less than good days in isolation take them apart learn the lesson and move on because you know your foundation is there you yeah. know you've put the work in you know whatever stage you're at you can compare your results to where you're at and what you're doing um and it's easier to be less personal about it and just kind of to take the lesson and move on if you've put the groundwork in yeah but like if you haven't put the groundwork in it's a different kind of insecurity when you go into the ring and you're like holy shit i am not prepared for this yeah you can't ride well and you're asking the horse to do things probably that that aren't appropriate for it yeah so yeah I mean, it's my two pence on that one <clears throat> i mean to be fair if he said it like we've got to go with it haven't we because yeah that's like i think i've talked about it before on the podcast that um i think it was lucinda green had gone to his yard and just said like he just is so accurate and he had totally changed like she really believes that you shouldn't place a horse over a cross-country fence but she was like he can because he just does not miss yeah and yeah I mean he works so hard doesn't he like you know a lot of people have gone and trained with him and said that his work ethic is absolutely second to none completely I think he totally deserves every success he's had I mean I think lots of people deserve the success they've had but I think there are lots of people who work really hard who don't get the successes that they, they the mm. success that they do deserve I mean it's, it's a bit of a you know a double-edged one that one but yeah um I know like Jock had been out and had been training with him he had an opportunity to go there and he was just like it's just it's it's next level yeah you know but that, this guy is jumping clear on 160 Grand Prix in Europe and then he won he goes off for a little cruise around five star wins that nice you know Takes his second string to the Olympics in Rio. Sam, he's getting on a bit, but, you know, <laughs> wins. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think he has raised the bar. Yeah. For what's possible. And um, I think he's, 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 I mean, how, how could you not think he was anything other than pretty amazing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's talented, all right. But, like, he has completely proved the point, I suppose, that if you're very thorough on every single aspect you too can achieve things you know that the generations behind you didn't yeah yeah um so we got um from mrs mac 2307 on instagram she said um her advice was don't buy your daughter riding lessons which i mean i think is potentially yeah. the best advice for anybody ever yeah yeah i i got into trouble with this on tiktok recently actually Someone told me that if that's how I felt about it, I should get out of horses. And I'm like, well, I can't because I got into horses so young. I'm too old and fucked to do anything else in my life now. Um, but yeah, totally true. I give this advice all the time. They're like, oh, my daughter loves horses. I'm like, don't. find another hobby. For me, love, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. I, and I do, I, do, you ever, do you ever just sort of like idly fantasize over your coffee and cherry bake while about being like a lawyer or 
uh, an accountant or something and having like money and then just sort of buying yourself one or two like downgraded Grand Prix horses or something you know yeah having enough money to pay groom and jeez oh, it would be great wouldn't it yeah I think we've gone wrong somewhere along the way for stay sure. in school kids <laughs> yeah stay away from the horses stay in school and stay away from ponies that's my advice Kerry Donahue sent don't take it personally and I think that is so good because that actually can cover like a million bases so like with your horse it's so easy to be like and I have like gone out and I've given you my last penny I've given you like and you do all I wanted to do was jump around an 80 and you just but actually you have to be so objective in you have to be able to come away and think okay so like I fell off in the warm-up why how can I not fall off in the warm-up next time like because actually the horse has not got up that morning and been like I know how I can really fucking piss her off and don't get me wrong like I you say that I don't know I think they maybe do but (laughs) it seems like they do like when Pancake pulled that shoe off just as I wanted to bring him back into work I was like you dick you've had months to pull that shoe off and I mean, when yeah. he pulled it back off, I think Ben felt the same. Ben was like, I've just got you sound. But ultimately, like the horse. They're just horses doing horse yeah. stuff. That's it. You know what I mean? It's got no idea that actually you've given him your last like pound and, you know, your great aunt Bessie had come to watch you and <laughs> like. Or its old owner was there and you really wanted to prove to them that you could ride it better than they could. Like the horse is fucking oblivious of all this backstory and has just gone and been like, oh, sand, I've not seen that before. Like, it's just, it's not personal. No, like one of my, one of my, one of my ones that I really like is um, don't bring feelings to a facts fight. And it's something that's good. Yeah. When I was much younger, and I've been very open about this always. When I was much younger, I was uh, certain, I suppose, that I was a shoe in for some uh, Olympic event team at some point or another. I was absolutely wi- like wildly ambitious and um, on a mission. And I was not always the person my horses needed me to be when I was younger. I was on, as I said, I was on a mission. I wanted to be successful. I was not always patient when I should have been. I did not always understand or take the time to understand when I should have. And I can't repair the blindness of my own youth and ambition. But as I have gotten older, I'm completely the opposite now. Mm-hmm. So like we're trying to teach, <laughs> trying to teach Molly at the minute that little squeeze in the inside rein, you know, just come into a little bit of a frame. And sometimes horses find that difficult because Molly will offer a frame all the time because she's been, you know, she, she just naturally is quite a submissive horse that way. Yeah. But it's a difference between the horse offering it and the horse being, in, you know, asked to do it. And so sometimes with mares particularly, you just have a few days where it can be a bit not bumpy. You're not having a fight with them. You're just very quietly putting the boundaries in place, hearing what they have to say, putting your, you know, making it clear what's going on and, and hearing them on their part as well. And so we had this like little, little bit of a tussle. And I say a tussle, I just mean, as I said, there was no row, there was no problem because these days I am so calm, I'm so chill about it. I totally get that they're just finding their feet, trying to work it out. And I actually almost enjoy it when they are, you know, 
testing the boundaries. They kind of throw the shoulder left and throw the shoulder right and they'll pull forward into the bridle and then they hang back behind the leg and they're trying to kind of work it out, find the balance and see what it is you're talking about. I quite enjoy it because you find out how they learn in that moment and it gives you opportunities then going forward with them to, to train them in a way that suits them better. Um, but I have so much patience and because I have so much patience now and because I, as I said, I almost enjoy watching them working stuff out. It, it's a remarkably rewarding thing and it, it's, as I said, it gives you huge insight. But when I was younger, I wasn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, and so it, it nearly similar, was personal because... Yeah, well, it nearly was personal because I have shit to do. I have Olympic teams yeah. to get to. Why can't you go on the fucking bit? Like, what's your problem? Whereas now I'm like, no, don't worry about going on the bit. It's cool. We've got weeks. We've got months. You just take your time there. What are you saying? What do you think? How does that feel? What, you know? Yeah. And I love it now. So definitely don't take it personally. And when you stop taking it personally, I think almost a whole new world has opened up to you because you're so calm and you're so clinical about it. And it's... It's just easy beans. You know, you're just two, a horse and a human, two personalities trying to meet in the middle. And, and it isn't personal at all. But I think that was a big waffle. God, sorry. I went off on a, on a waffle there. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I think it's also, I think there's a massive problem for, well, in horsey sports with other people's opinion. And oh, I think that, so that's really useful for that as well is like you know some I think sometimes people are giving you advice and it's maybe hard to hear because you're not in the place to hear it but actually yeah maybe their advice does have something in it um and equally other times I think some people are just not very nice and they're not going to be happy for you and they're not gonna and that's not a reflection on you it's not a reflection on your horse it's just it's a reflection on them one of the best things about getting older is that that shit becomes much less of an issue. Do you know what yeah, I mean? When you get 100%. to a certain age, you know where you're at with your journey. Yeah. You have your people who know more than you, who you go to for the advice. Yeah. And if someone on the outside has an opinion about it, well, that's cool. Good for them. Brilliant. Yeah. You can be polite. You can hear them, but you don't have to take it home with you. When you're younger and you're so desperate to get it right and you want to do everything right, you'll take anybody's opinion because you just want some insight, any insight into how to do it better. Yeah. When you get older, you have a system and you have people you go to and you get to trust that a little bit and it becomes less of an issue, I think. Yep. Getting old is, is, is good for me. Definitely good for me. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, like I was having this conversation about like, because um, Seb wouldn't feed. It was really difficult. And it was really funny because with Henry like the midwives would be like, you know, this, this. And I was like, okay, anything, like I'll try any, I'll do yeah. anything. Like, you know, this time I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause I don't, that's going to work for me. And I felt yeah. totally like comfortable and confident in saying like, no. And actually it worked out for the best and it was all fine. But I think it was yeah. having the strength to just say no, like yeah trust yourself like yeah. exactly you can listen you know trust yourself and listen to your child it's the same trust yourself and listen to your horse yeah and like you know and I, you, I listen to your advice and I'll take bits of it where I think I need it or it's necessary or I agree with it but the stuff that I don't think is going to work for me yeah I'm good to just say no not for me yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and I think we have to apply that to our horses too because like something that certainly was an issue for me when I was younger like you'll go for a lesson with somebody and you're paying that person to coach you mm -hmm. and that person will put you and your horse in a situation that in your gut instinct is going hell to the motherfucking no this is not okay yeah and the horse is going no 
and the coach is going come on and do the thing and whatever and in those moments you want to stand up and say listen I'm really sorry but I don't think this is the right thing for my horse right now or whatever and you're so afraid to do it because you're paying them because they know more than you yeah and and it's really it's a hard one because you don't want to you know you you don't want to sound like you know everything and it can prevent us from advocating for our horses Mm -hmm. and I think similarly as as parents too it can prevent us from advocating for our children um up until a point but as you get older you know you become better at respectfully not disagreeing I suppose but if you're in a situation with a horse that you don't want to be in you know you can politely remove yourself from it and you don't take away oh god she's going to think i'm being really arrogant or really cocky or any of those things um it, and again it just comes back down to the age and experience doesn't it really yeah. um i think it's sure. like i was having a conversation um the other day with someone who was nervous about going to some shows like she'd wanted to start doing some little show jumping shows and she was nervous because of people watching and what would people say and and like I genuinely like that was something I massively struggled with and it was weird because when I sort of gave her advice I thought god I actually properly believe that like what I'm saying I was like listen most of the people there are too busy worrying about their class and whether their horse is going to do something twatty to them make them look like like a clown they don't care they're not interested in you and I was like look I'm not going to lie to you you know there are probably going to be a couple of bitches who are at the side of the ring who would love nothing better than for you to fall off at the first fence. But equally, they they're going to forget no who you are yeah. because the next person is going to have a round that they're going to comment on. But at the end of the day, they're standing by the side of a ring talking about what people in the ring are doing. Like, who gives a they're shit not what in they're doing. saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. And, like, you know, you go, if you go to a show, like, some people will have a bit of a difficult round with a horse. Some people will fall off. Sometimes horses will stop. Sometimes it'll go to hell in a handbasket. And sometimes it'll be just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same for and you being on your horse, same thing. I can't think of a time where I've gone home and been like, you know, barring there was a catastrophic accident, in which case you feel nothing but sympathy and, 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 yeah. and compassion for whoever it's happened to you, because we're all acutely aware it could be any of us any time. I've never come away from a ring. I've never stood at the side of a ring and gone, oh, look at that person massively fucking that up. Because at the end of the day, they're in the ring giving it best. Yeah. You know, that's literally where it's, it begins and ends. Honest, in the let's be honest. Best. You're like me, and we will be far too busy going, I don't think oh. we've got that stride to, to fence too quite right. You know, I think we could have added one there. Like, we're not completely in what someone else has done. Completely. And I mean, like, at the end of the day, I, I want everyone to win. Yeah. Even people who, you know, you may have had difficulties with in the past or who have very strong opinions about you. I still want everyone to win. I want mm. everybody to go to the show and have a good day. I don't yeah. take any of it home with me apart from whatever I've done with my own horse. Mm. And I think 99.9% of people are, are the same. Yeah. And I think that 0.1% who are like there to nitpick and bitch and have a problem with you, they're not of any consequence. Yeah. But so- again age is a great thing when you're younger it's like it's a big deal when you're older you're like yeah whatevs um so our next one was from nana dalton who's a five-star british international event rider and i really liked we got like a bit of a backstory um with this one and she said this was at Hartbury almost 20 years ago she was lying first and second which is fucking incredible after the <laughs> she, she is though she's absolutely amazing um and her best friend told her before cross-country day make it happen I think that's something that I probably would need because in a way when you're at the when you've had a bad dressage it's almost easier isn't it would like you know I've had a bad round to go out and try and climb up but when you've done really well 
for me, my thing would be like, oh, it's all, it's it's only going to go down. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to iron my fingers. But actually, no, that's like a that's something that would give you that grit, isn't it? It's like you've got this far. Like, come on, like seal yeah. the deal. I um I lost an event once and I I implemented a new system after this where I had done a really good dressage test and I looked at my score and then I went in and I jumped clear and I looked at the score and it was like brilliant and everything was going well and it was a lovely sunny day and my friend had come to watch and I was like all I had to do is jump around this cross-country course (sighs) fucking horse and I loved him dearly I did he was one of my homebreds he was amazing but he was such a arsehole I mean (laughs) living here on a farm with 200 head of cattle he cruised three quarters of the way around the cross-country course and I was like oh my god this is so cool it's gonna be like he's gonna win and oh wow and he got to the third last fence and he had to gallop through a gateway and on one side of the the gateway was like it was like the corner of a field and in the field was a large white charlotte cow that was just standing and minding its own business and my horse jammed on the anchors about 50 yards away from the cow and had the biggest, most stratospheric knob attack about going past this cow. Accumulated 50 gajillion time faults because it just wouldn't go past the cow. I had to get a lead from <laughs> whoever came after me to go past the bloody cow. I think he lives with, you know, not, he lived with cows. He's not here anymore, sadly. He's gone to pony heaven now, but he lived with cows. And I was like, are you having a laugh, lad? Like, what? Yeah. So yeah, after that, I implemented this system where I never looked at the score mm-hmm. until I had finished the cross country because I was so afraid of jinxing myself, you know, so definitely, but, but make it happen is. Um, it's so good because I would be like, if it was a qualifier or that can either psych you out <laughs> or yeah. it can, or you, or you need to probably implement that. Like, so I want to go to wherever I want to get, you know, to. I'm going to make it happen. But the, and, the only way out is through. Yeah. I think. You know, with confidence, with nerves, with going in to do something that's a challenge for you, whatever. The only way out is through. And that is the bottom line. How you get through is an individual thing, but you've got to make it happen. I think it's not like, how- like an occasion or something. It's like overwhelm your training. Your, do you know what I mean? Just because you really want to get somewhere or because you're lying in first or second or whatever, like you've still just got to stick to exactly the same stuff that you do at home. I was going to ask, do you, do you have a strategy? Like if you're in a situation like that where you're going to go jump a qualifier, you're feeling a bit, bit sick about it, or you're going to jump a track and you're like, holy shit. Do you have a strategy? How do you cope? I probably need a better strategy. <laughs> because, <laughs> do pretty I, well. So. I'm quite a negative thinker. Um, okay. So I would, I would really have to try and calm myself down and not be like, do you know the, the best time where I made it happen was an outdoor show on Manny and it suddenly started to fucking lash it down with rain, oh like oh. absolutely book it down. So nearly everybody withdrew all the show jumpers, but it was an event as well. The eventers are still merrily jumping, like couldn't course, give a yeah. shit. Yeah. Happy as Larry. All the show jumpers are withdrawing. And like, We'd got up really early, we juggled, you know, and I said to Ben, I think I'm going to withdraw. And I could see the look on his face was just like, (laughs) she is having a fucking giggle with me. Like, and I was like, (laughs) I just don't think it's safe. 
And really, it wasn't that I didn't think it was safe. It was that I was frightened and everybody else yeah. was withdrawing. And I thought, if they're withdrawing, I should withdraw. Yeah. But then equally, I was frightened of Ben's face. So I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And usually, I think I probably would have gone in, half-arsed it. Like, but instead, I was like, do you know what? This horse has vented all its life. If those venters can do it, I can fucking do so it. So yeah. yeah. And there was a few people who was who were still jumping. And just as I was about to go in the ring, the man on the um on the gate said to me, There isn't a double clear. For fuck's sake, jump a double clear so we can be I am done. Sick of putting poles back on. Yeah. Yeah. So we can be done and I can go home. And I kind of went, I, I am gonna fucking jump a double clear. I'm like I'm Good. going in, I'm gonna do it. And we jumped like a really nice round and I felt like I really helped him. And, but that is honest to God, that is fucking rare for me. Usually I'd be like, <laughs> like I don't know. I think we should be jumping in this rain. And like Manny would skid into the first fence and I'd be like, you see, I told you, Ben, I told you it was dangerous. <laughs> You've put us in peril. Now Manny's like devastated. He's never going to jump again. And it's all my fault. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it is the other way that like you know everybody's everybody's different but at the end of the day the bottom line is if you want to do it whatever that it is for you it, it literally is make it happen the only way out is is through and yeah like it's in your hands isn't it it yeah and if it goes wrong it, it doesn't matter you just like it goes wrong with you trying happen. that's the thing isn't it well then the, what's that's it it's better than never trying isn't it it's yeah. better than never having anything to to learn from a situation or you know the mis- we don't as we don't tend to learn through everything going perfectly yeah um we learn we learn through those moments when it doesn't but we also learn from those moments when we suck it off and put it in and it does go well because then we learn something different we learn something about ourselves yeah like you put that thing on um was it on instagram today and success isn't mm-hmm. built on success and i was like wow i love that it's true though isn't it it's so true. You either learn something about what you're doing or you learn something about yourself. And as long as you're learning something, you're still moving forward. Yeah. And I think that it's just, again, for me, it's taken, it's eight. I'm, by the time I'm 80, I'm literally going to have this, this, this shit stuff, sussed. I'm going to be like the equestrian Dalai Lama. People can we'll come, have to get oh, yeah, your turban. Like yeah, totally want a turban. Go, <gasps> people oh my are going to set. Like on um, Only Fools and Horses. Have you seen <laughs> where he has the, they have to sell the riding hats and so they put the turbans on top that's gonna be you <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you i'm gonna have like a i actually wrote about this in a blog once i'm gonna have i always said that the older event riders as they're retiring um i thought that they should be setting up as an additional sort of income source a tp of knowledge yeah where they went to the events and they set up a tp and people could come in and sort of like ask some questions or whatever and that's gonna be me while they sit cross-legged so much in the next yeah in the next 40 years i'm gonna cram it in i'm gonna double down and i'm gonna be like able to sort of yeah i'm gonna be an equine dalai lama that's gonna be sounds really arrogant i don't mean it at all i I don't mean it i'm just very arrogant i don't mean it at all because by the time i'm 80 i'll just be only realizing how much i actually don't know so (laughs) must it be very hard as a horse rider to still be limber enough to get up from a cross-legged stance in a tp tp would probably be a bad choice for an octogenarian equestrian yeah. i'd say it'd be an awful model of fabric and sticks yeah um and not you know and then it would fall over and it would probably spook michael young's horse and then you then you'd 
No, nothing would spook it. It wouldn't be a TP of knowledge anymore. Well, They'll have their game face on. And that's actually, yeah, I'm going well, majorly yeah. off topic here. I'm probably going to have to edit this out. But um, there was a, I think she was Belgian. Anyway, um, a dressage rider up here. And, um, you know, they're so like the Germanic like style of just, we work. That we that, that's the reason why I'm not... Yeah, the reason why I'm not very popular at dressage is because I'm not like that. <laughs> exactly. So I had this like very exuberant horse at the time. And she had this like, he was trained up to, I think, Grand Prix horse. And she was lunging him at the bottom half of the arena. And I was lunging my horse at the top half of the arena. And um, mm-hmm. she was like, lovely. She's trying to help me, I think, in desperation. Um, and my horse buggered off managed to get the lunge rein out my hand and was fucking off like round the arena like leaping you know just really making me look like an living his best life yeah yeah. and her horse did not even glance it was literally we are working we are training and my like horse is like yeah i am not working i am not (laughs) and i I often i scampering along the ring trying to like you know catch him and she like like, as if it wasn't even happening I think that's a bit sad though I I don't know I mean like I I get it I do get it and it's all very admirable and everything but I'm very pro them having you know personalities and opinions the problem is that then they then reward me by having personalities (laughs) and opinions it doesn't always go the way I want it to it's a complete double-edged sword um but I'm very I'm very um I'm very pro that I, I like them to just sort of you know have a bit of an opinion I think I'd be if I had a horse that was just like head down doing its job in, in like that I think I'd find it boring to be honest um but we we joke about this at home we're like you know it's like <laughs> you're looking around you and everybody else is going perfect and it's a bit like being the Jamaican bobsleigh team I, I I do shout this sometimes I'm like it's like the fucking Swiss team it's my job <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, I'm Sanka. I'm like Sanka from the Jamaican Bob team. I really am. I just short a lucky egg, that's all. <laughs> See, that's what you're missing. I am missing my lucky egg, definitely. Okay, so our final one is from John T. Evans. And he said um, that the best advice he had been given, he said it was pretty easy to recall it. That when he was at school, his headmaster gave a sermon in assembly and he said in a very loud voice, never. And then he waited about four minutes, which seemed like an eternity. And then he said, never. And then waited again. And he did the whole thing again and waited again. And then he said, never, ever, ever give up. And he said, I probably always had that stubborn streak in me, but that definitely stuck with me and applies in every situation. And I mean, if anybody has shown the most incredible perseverance and ability to not give up, it's him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. John T is an amazing guy. Like even before, you know, the fundraising for art and his horrendous accident, I had a, a bit of contact with him backwards and forwards doing doing pieces for various websites and stuff. And he is the most unbelievably nice man. He's so normal and he's so, um, you know, just very easy to sort of chat with and whatever. And then he has been on such a journey and his life has been so um, 
I don't know, uh, like it must have been like an atomic bomb going off his life, the things that he's been through in the most recent years. And I listened to a podcast that he did recently and he was talking about incremental gains that in his fight to get back in the saddle, to recover first and foremost, not die, then recover a little bit enough to go into rehab, then get through the rehab. And, and to now where he is, where he's just put in a new sand arena and he's got a new yard up and going and he's got a small string of horses and he's got some owners again and he's back eventing. And he said it came down to incremental gains on a daily basis, that it literally came down to one thing a day done better will eventually add up to many things done better. And this was how he took everything apart for himself, facing um, into this monumental mountain he's had to climb in his recovery. And I was so excited to see that he was eventing maybe Friday of last week or Saturday. And he said he came away from the event and he was encouraged to find that the areas in which he was lacking were much less than they had been previously. And I think, as you say, he has epitomized mm-hmm. this, you know, to never give up and in his own way has achieved far above and beyond um, even a high achieving human being. And he's very inspirational, but along with being very inspirational, he's, he's just always so humble and so nice. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's just great. And I, I hope with all my heart that he can achieve the things in his life from here that he wants to achieve because he, God knows, not many people would have put it in like he has yeah yeah he's shown the most incredible tenacity hasn't he like the things that he's bounced back from and that's amazing like that when you were saying that I was like I was actually feeling inspired because I was thinking yeah that's so true like you know you come away from a show and you know say look you've had like four fences down but you think but you know what the horse was really straight today and yeah like my canter had got a lot better. And actually, if you do that enough times. Exactly. Like you're moving in the right direction, aren't you? And sometimes I think I'm definitely, definitely massively guilty of the goal to where I want to be, like seems just so far away. So like I was jumping British novice on Belinda and falling off left, right and center. And in my head, anything less than 130 was a fail. So it was just like such a massive gap. Yeah. Instead of just kind of going, okay, so I'm jumping British novice and I'm falling off. So let's work on that. Like let's just chip away and try and improve bit by bit. Absolutely. And that is the difference between, um, I just said we were talking about Charlie Ullman earlier. I did the Centre 10 Advanced Coach course in the UK and, and it is absolutely brilliant because these are the areas where this kind of coaching really comes in and helps when the gap is so big mm-hmm. it's too big you can't remain motivated you can't remain focused you can't remain you know unemotional in your assessment of things that are going on um and 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 i think john t is a great example of if you improve by one percent every day within a year you've improved 365% on the 31st of December than where you were on the 1st of January of the year before. Yeah. And, I, I, and I think that it's a phenomenal attitude to have. It's a great lesson for absolutely everybody from beginner to international level rider, incremental gains, yeah. you know, bank the successes, no matter how small they are, bank them and sit on them because- that's, And enjoy that's them. It. Yeah. 
you know, I, I was genuinely embarrassed at the weekend nearly. I was embarrassed because I'd gone in to jump this track and as I said, I'm wobbling a bit of my confidence at the minute. And I went in and I jumped this track and like, I came out and she was the only double clear in the class. And to me, it was massive. And to mm. anybody else, it would have been like big swing and Mickey. Like you jumped around, you know, okay, fair enough. It was a, it's a technical track. But it's not very fucking big. Like it's not 130. And you jump around it and you got around clear and your horse is really good. To most people, that's just normal. But to me, it was everything. And it really made me think about it a lot. And I was like, you know what? I'm right to celebrate. Yeah. Well, you sent me that message and were like, you know, it's probably a bit pathetic to be excited about it, but I'm excited. I'm so excited. You've worked so fucking hard for that result. If you don't enjoy it, what was the point? Exactly. And how are you going to be motivated to go back outside tomorrow when it's pouring with rain and you have to do it all again and you have to keep, you can. So when the gap is too big between two things, you know, and part of bridging that gap then, as I said, incremental gains, appreciate the 1% every single day. And, and for sure and certain, you celebrate every good transition, you celebrate every pole you leave up, you celebrate every time you have to dig deep and get it done. Yeah. Because that's what keeps you going to the next day. Because also, like, I think it becomes a bad mindset, doesn't it? At what point do you allow yourself to celebrate? Like, yeah, totally. You when know, I was eventing, all I wanted to do, I wouldn't be finished across country and all I could think about was the next event. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that really screwed up thinking. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, if you finished a show and you've had a good day, do you, like, do you sit there and think to yourself, I did this, this and this well, and the horse did this, 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 this well. Do you sort of sit in your success a little bit and enjoy it or? Yeah, probably I'm better at it now. Yeah. And so for me, it would, I'm so, like, I'm not results driven at all. Yeah. About the quality for me. So, yeah, when they've done a good round, I will... I'll be really pleased. And sometimes even if I've ridden, well, I'll sometimes now, yeah, I'll be pleased with that. And I'll say like, I think I rode that well, which I would never have said a while ago. Obviously if it goes wrong, I'm this, I'm as quick to absolutely crucify every single thing. And I want to analyze like overanalyze. Yeah. 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 No, but it's, 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 as I said, people like John to you and they speak so freely about these things. It does give us an opportunity to kind of apply that template to our own lives a little bit and see where we could maybe appreciate it's a the habit. that we make a bit more, you know? It's a habit, isn't it? Like I have... 100%. I've had a really, really negative mindset, really unhealthy, like really nervous, you know. And so actually it's going to take me a long time to train my mind the more I do it, the more I'll get used to doing it. And so things like that, you know, those little bits of advice, they're all helpful, aren't they? That You keep those in your head. And when you start to beat yourself up, you think, well, listen, what was 1% better? So they've been, like, they've been amazing. And we still have so many. So I think, um, let us know if you've enjoyed that. I think that um, it's been really helpful for me anyway. So I think we should just do a second episode because I might, I might have a better season. It's yeah, we can all learn so much from each other. And I yeah. think that's a nice thing with horses is that you can, you know, when I've been teaching people who are kind of starting out in horses, I can learn, I found I can learn just as much from somebody at the start of their journey as I can from somebody who's at the pinnacle of their journey. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice thing in horses. We can learn so much from each other. Yeah. So we're going to move on to Anchor of the Week. Um, so mine, I'll have to try and 
make this quick because honestly it's like a fucking saga okay so I have (laughs) the most incredible friend I've spoken about a lot of times on here she helps me a lot with this um and she's just been incredible throughout like me being pregnant and me having Seb she was just amazing and so I said to Ben so many times like you know this year for her birthday like I think I'm really gonna try and do something lovely and really like spoiler because she's just been so phenomenal. So for a start, I thought her birthday was the middle of May. Actually, it's not the middle of May. Um, so anyway, we decided that we were going to go out shopping together this week and Seb's so easy. So we took him and first shop we went in, he started to cry. He was hungry. Fair enough. That's, you know, he's allowed. <laughs> There was obviously because of COVID, everything's like super tight. So I was like, how am I going to feed him? Okay, I will sit cross-legged on the floor in TK Maxx and I'll feed the baby. (laughs) So she just like, you know, calm as you like, just carried on the conversation to me as I'm like sat and people are looking at me like, fuck me, this girl's like deranged. Anyway. You do what you have to, you just do what you have to. So we we got on with that. So then I realised that my leg had completely gone to sleep. So I said to her, like, you're going to have to take him because I, I'm going to have to, I mean, I'm struggling anyway with having like a section, but I'm going to have to pull myself up like the clothing rail here. <laughs> so I handed her the baby as I'm clawing my way up the, the rail. She said, um, I think he's doing a poo. And I was like, oh God, okay. Obviously there was no toilets or anything open. So then she said, Katie, I can feel wet on me. Uh-oh, Punami. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. So, I mean, it was just everywhere. So yeah. we bundled him back into the, the pram, pushed him really far to Marks and Spencer's because they are civilized and have baby changings and things open, even in COVID. So we were changing, we went in there. She's helping, like basically hose him down. And so we got halfway through past the messy bit. And I said, well, you might as well just do him. And because I couldn't try any clothes on because there's no changing rooms open. I said, I might as well try these clothes on. And then if none of them fit, I can take them back. So she said, okay, so she's carrying on. So I'm trying clothes on. And I bought a denim shirt, which I was going to wear as like a denim jacket and didn't have a T-shirt on. So I just said to her, what do you think of this? Like in my head, I knew I was going to be wearing a T-shirt, but I forgot that I wasn't. So just turned to her with like my bra and an open denim shirt. And she was like, well, I mean, I think you'll get some looks if you go out like that. <laughs> but I mean, like whatever you, whatever you feel. What's wrong with my shirt? Jesus, like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I haven't got a T-shirt on. She was like, no, no, you, you haven't. No, you, you haven't. You've just got no. <laughs> a nude coloured bra, which is, yeah, I'm seeing a lot more than I bargained for today. Um, <laughs> so then, um, luckily the next day, her little boy happened to say to Henry, did you know it's mummy's birthday tomorrow? Ben came home and said, you, why have you been asking me what you're doing for her birthday next month? Like, you do know it's tomorrow. I was like, oh, shit, no. <gasps> Shit. Then had to, I was like, I'll come round. You know, we'll have breakfast. It'll be it'll be really nice. But then the dog needed an emergency operation, so fuck. I rocked up for breakfast at her house at half past twelve. So that's not your fault, though. It's not, but I think probably 
the nudism <laughs> of borderline nudist carry on possibly was but then you've just had a baby and you know you were dealing with a situation as well you can't be expected to you know to be necessarily on it all the time but the dog that's not your fault I mean I felt fault. a little bit like I was just like the gift that oh I said to Ben I'm like the gift <laughs> that keeps giving except yeah. I'm not I'm like I'm the gift that doesn't give and it's a big day so yeah I'm uh that was I dropped the ball that was not my finest hour this week <laughs> oh my god you poor thing it's been a hell of a fortnight for you in fairness yeah. what's yours that mine's just poor poor Rachel I think she's questioned well you know I'm sure she hasn't though I'm just, like if she, she's a really good friend I'm sure she's just as like yep grand yeah you know oh she is she's so like it's yeah. fine don't worry but I'm like do you sometimes look at your life like Ben said she probably has her life you know like what's the thing where it's like p- post something pre something post something like is it BC or something yeah 500 BC or something she's like Ben said she'll have like 500 pre Katie and like <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, no, no. That, that's as I said, that's the great thing. Like I, I have a really, what really, really, really close friend, and she's just absolutely amazing. Like literally, whatever comes out of my mouth, no matter what I'm going on with, she's just like, yeah, grand, whatever. Like she's just, everybody needs that friend. You know oh what I mean? God, that will yeah. just, will just meet them where they are and carry and just run with it. Yeah. Um, and that's how you know that they're they're really, really, really decent. So I'm sure she is well aware of how much you value her i'm sure she is at the end of the day most of that wasn't really wasn't of your doing do you know what i mean i blame other people (laughs) i think you should i really do think you should at this point i think you're entitled to after all that so what's yours have you got a good one well no i never have a good one i'm like my cat did a thing and it's like i can't believe i'm talking about my cat wanker of the week um this week uh my wanker of the week again it's a bit of a shit one but i think i'm going to become known for having the shit wanker of the week i decided to do a bit of rearranging outside the back door of my house very brief backstory during the last lockdown my child as as you know he became very committed to carpentry and (laughs) (laughs) he fixed my cavaletti that I when I bare broke it sorry I didn't break it it's not my fault and I brought it up to the up to the up to the shed and I was really really cross about it because I'm running out of cavaletti now and I can't afford more of them so I brought it up to the shed and I was really in a half about it and Charlie came out and he was like Oh, I'll fix it for you. And I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. Like, but actually, it was a good reminder for me to um have a little more faith in my child because he fixed it beautifully to the extent that it's back down in the arena being used. So I'm like, brilliant, let's keep going with this because I think it's a really great interest to encourage. And I'm thinking if he gets into carpentry, I could definitely have a full suite of fancy international show jumps down in my Sandarina by the time he's 15. Like, let's just encourage this. Yeah. So I um, was encouraging this and we had an old timber hen house and we decided to turn it into a dog house. Now my dogs live in the house, but when they're outside, you know, if the weather's not very nice or something, so they have somewhere to go to get out of the rain. So we got the hen house and we cleaned it and painted it and whatever and turned it into a little dog house and put it outside the back door. I have this random plastic table outside my back door, which is a complete eyesore, but it's very useful because I quite often need to dump crap onto the table. And when I put the hen dog house outside the back door, there wasn't room for the table and the wheelie bin, right? It's a space situation. So I thought, right, well, I'll just put the wheelie bin round the corner and then I can have my table for crap and my dog hen house and my wheelie bin around the corner and then I've got everything where I need it to be. 
However, where I wanted to put the wheelie bin, there was this big black pipe coming up out of the ground and it was inconvenient. I was like, I don't know what this pipe is for. It's probably not for anything. It's a big pipe, it's, about, it's really big. So I got to work and I pulled the pipe up out of the ground and it was kind of like a, a hole, like a, like a sort of, like a, I don't know, like a clay pipe inside the pipe. And I was like, can't think what that's for. And um, so I thought, well, we don't need it. So I dragged this massive pipe into the shed, just fucked it into the shed. I shoved a feed bag down the hole and I'm thinking, job done. Parked the wheelie bin on top of the hole. Now I have room at my back door for everything. Brilliant. The next day I wake up and I'm like, God, the house stinks. Why does the house smell so bad? No, and I says, no, like the house smells terrible. Something, can you check the drains? Something wrong with the drains. And he's like, yeah, yeah, grand, yeah. He's like, the drains are fine. But you're right, the house does stink. So as this day progresses, the house begins to stink more and more. And I'm like, God, the house stinks like a sewerage system. We're going to have to do something about this. Maybe there's a burst pipe or something's gone wrong. Anyway, one of the guys that worked for us that same day, luckily, turned around and he went, where's the sewerage pipe? And where's the, I don't know what the night, the bent pipe, or I don't know what the correct name for it is. Where's the pipe gone? And I was like, holy shit, yeah, where's the pipe gone? And I'm like, well, I took the pipe down. It was in the way. It was inconvenient. Oh. I needed to put the wheelie bin around the corner. Apparently the job of that pipe is to take away the fumes oh. from the sewerage system and take, you know, so that, so that it doesn't, it's an extra additional outlet for it. I don't really know. I don't understand about plumbing, which is how I got in this mess in the first place. <laughs> and my husband was like, you took down the pipe. And I'm like, oh yeah, it was in my way. It was inconvenient. Just got rid of it. Just got rid of it. I do have a table full of crap. Can I interest you in that? Yeah, seriously. I know a dog hen house. Yeah. Yeah. Got that as well. And he's like, you have to put the pipe back. We can't live in the house any longer unless you put the pipe back. And I'm like, oh, it can't be that big a deal. But yeah, no, it is. So yeah, it turns out that basically if the sewerage system of your house isn't suiting you, find another workaround other than attempting to sort of renovate it to suit your needs and your positioning of a wheelie bin. So that was a really long, boring story. Yet another crap banker of the week out of me. I'm not <laughs> sure. I think if I was... hacked a pipe out and made the house smell like a sewer, I think Ben would be fairly game for giving me wanker of the week. I mean, in fact, I'm not, I'm not excusing myself. I think my friend would absolutely equally be entitled to give me wanker of the week. But yeah, like, I love See, that you're I, like, yeah. this pipe is probably doing nothing nothing i'm not going to focus too much on the probably there no no i, I think we way. can almost do away with the probably in fact this pipe is I doing needed to nothing put my wheelie bin there yeah so then <laughs> i had to go and get the pipe and get it it has like a rubber tube thing around it which i suppose should have been a clue that it was necessary but i had to sort of put it all back together which i did and then i had to cable tie it back into position <laughs> so i was already in the doghouse because um on one afternoon, the child was a bit bored and there was this old well pipe, a well pump, story. sorry. Yeah, well pump underneath the diesel tanks in the shed. And I was like, oh, this has been here for ages. Let's take this apart. So we spent two hours at it and it was brilliant. It was actually really kind of cathartic and enjoyable. So we took this, this pump apart and we had a great time doing it. And my husband uh, eventually came home and he was like, what did you do to the pump? And I was like, oh, it's been floating around the shed for years. It wasn't doing anything. I thought, you know, it's broken. We'll just take it apart. And now I should have asked, right? I definitely should have asked. I didn't. I should have. And he's like, that pump's worth like 1,500 quid. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you turn it into 1,500 quid? It's been here for years. Do you know what I could have bought like, on Dundee with 1,500 quid? Seriously, I, 
three horses at least. <laughs> and an Alsatian. Definitely an Alsatian. Definitely, I could have bought the Alsatian. Um, and he goes, we don't actually own that pump. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> I'm like, why does the owner of the pump not get the pump? And he's like, we, we rent the farm. We rent <laughs> our farm from the owner of the pump. Who, Anyway, it all just got a bit. So then he said very bravely, well, you know, maybe we could put the pump back together again and I'm like no <laughs> there's just no way <laughs> even the pump manufacturer would be looking at this mess and going forget it just recycle the bits this is a waste of time we used allen keys we used the, the clamp on the bench every screwdriver socket going a bit of brute force a hammer there was no putting this bitch back together it was done for so yeah he was already in a snit and then when I went at the sewerage system because it was inconvenient for me and my wheelie bin positioning he um he was a bit done in with me really was he was like can you just stop just yeah. stop you're not equipped for the diy <laughs> life just feeling so, yeah, like that was me. there potentially is a lesson there maybe yeah. for him to hide his toolkit yeah but the child needs it though do you know what I mean he's like again he's like sort of hasn't decided if he's going on the metalwork or the carpentry route so the toolkit is it's essential really for him at this stage as he as he <laughs> finds his way in life he needs tools <laughs> the child actually is a hell of a lot less of an issue than me yeah. um although my leaf blower due to another DIY episode on, on my part I have a leaf blower I got it for Christmas and I adore the leaf blower because I'm very like very much a neat freak and I hate sweeping so the leaf blower was a revelation in my life and need a leaf blower actually in my life oh just get one my god get one <laughs> get one I can't recommend it more highly just get one um but I it has to have a special blend of oil and petrol about which I know absolutely nothing they made me up a special blend for it I used the petrol can for that it ran out I thought that that was what was still in the petrol can turns out oh. no and now the leaf blower has to go into be service. It's a bit sick. But the child came out yesterday and he's like, oh, I'll get my toolkit. I'll service the leaf blower. Look, the spark plug's just in here. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. I just can't. I'll get divorced. Yeah. I'll end up divorced. So anyway. I'm happy me. for you to attack the sewerage pipe for the house. I'm happy for you to dismantle the £1,500 pump. But hands yeah. off the leaf blower. Yeah, leaf step away blower. from the leaf blower. He's like, let me show you where the spark plug is. I'm like, no, absolutely no. categorically not. I don't want to know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyway, that's it. So we got a wanker of the week sent in from She said, firstly, big love to you both. You are fabulous. And the podcast is one of the Aww. best things ever. I mean, flattery will get you everywhere, Kate. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. She said, congratulations on the birth of little Sebastian as well and didn't make any comment about his name. So again, I mean, she's winning already. Um, <laughs> so she said, I know you aren't going to do any Wanker of the Week stories for a while, but I urge you to file this one away for when you do. No permanent damage was sustained unless you could count that which was done to my self-respect and my ego. Firstly, I should say that my horse has been a bit of a handful since I bought her. As a naive 34-year-old first-time horse owner, she was going to be my unicorn, my best friend, the pony I never had as a child. So I probably shouldn't have bought a nine-year-old, barely-ridden Welsh cross out of a field, I hear you say. Eh, well, no, probably not. The first warning sign probably should have been when the vet described her as difficult to handle. <laughs> it's like the Irish <laughs> like transport all over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's exactly that. But you know what horsey people are like. 
For the first few months, she was an absolute nightmare. I couldn't catch her. She was dreadful to tack up and she reared all the time. For the first eight weeks, I lunged and longlined her with the help of my wonderful instructor and friend, as well as her non-horsey partner. She broke my instructor's finger, gave her husband <gasps> rope burn across both his palms, kicked me twice mm. and threw herself over backwards several times. It was surprising that I even got on her without pooing my pants, but persevere yeah. I did. See, your mum would have been proud of her. Um, fast <laughs> oh forward. Three years. Even, I can't even, there's a cat of worms and a half there. <laughs> <laughs> fast forward three years and our schooling is coming on well. We've conquered the world of dressage, getting two fifth place rosettes in an unaffiliated intro and placing in a prelim with 62%. We're well on our way to preparation for eventing, having been around cross-country course once, skipping all the jumps besides a railway sleeper and a 12-inch log. Talking about Talk about winning at life. My confidence has come on leaps and bounds, and I have to say I love the bones of this little horse with all my heart. So why then, one very windy and rainy spring evening, did I think about getting on her? No idea, but... I opened up the vents on the back of my new coat, thinking it would give my fancy dressage saddle some protection from the rain and climbed aboard for my pole work lesson. I walked her up and down the poles and started to trot. But something was wrong. I was sitting on something weird. And why was my bum so far back in the saddle? Why was I sitting on the cantle? Cue me shitting myself, wondering what on earth was wrong with the horse or myself that we'd managed to get it so wrong. Two more steps, a massive gust of wind and a car going through a puddle had convinced both myself and my horse horse, that we were in dire straits. She bolted and I had palpitations. Fortunately, the poles gave us something to aim for and not wanting to actually touch them, I pulled her up. The next 10 minutes were spent faffing me and eating my instructor's digestive biscuits, her, to overcome (laughs) the terror. To my embarrassment, it turned out the fancy coat that was covering the back of the saddle was actually between my saddle, between the saddle and my bum. And I had sat on my coat, shat myself, I had tacked it wrong, caused my horse to spook. And to add insult to to add insult to injury, I also cried when I got on the next day, even though I knew exactly what I had done. Please don't mention my name. Oh shit, I did mention her name. I'll go back and edit. So I don't mention her name. Um, you can describe me as mortified, 38, from Litchfield. Well, mort- mortified, 38, from Litchfield. I have to say that's actually quite an amazing story. Whatever about your coat, the fact that you have persevered and kept going. Yeah. You know, from such a difficult start, I think that's absolutely incredible. I don't think you can have rank of the week. I think you probably need hero of the week. I agree. Like, I thought that was a good one because we're like, we've talked about, you know, persevering and... And yeah. fuck me. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. That's some serious perseverance. But what made me really giggle was the horse. You could just, like, just imagine the horse having a calming <laughs> digestive. Like, <laughs> you could imagine, like, her, like, sitting and the horse being with the instructor. Did you fucking see what she did? She's having, <laughs> like, it was a fucking coat. Like, she's a. <laughs> work with it here pass me another I need a hobnob like fucking hell like I can't I can't carry on like this and this instructor saying to her listen she's trying her best like she's she's really improved like yeah I mean you've been on a journey like don't forget to to, to remember where you've come in from you used to be a lot more difficult for your owner than your owner's being difficult for you in this moment you know 
And like, yes, she's traumatized you today. But remember when you broke my finger and rope burned my husband's yeah. hands? <laughs> <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Tip for tat. Yeah, yeah. quid pro quo. Like, quid, quid pro quo. I know. That's amazing, though. Fair play to her. I do love, though, well, like a Welsh cob, like being your first, like, unicorn pony and having to sit down and have a soothing cup of tea and digestive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I might try that with mine. <laughs> yeah, that's the horse, not the rider, which is even better, like. The poor instructor's um, just past digestive. She's got like the horse and the rider, and she's just like, fuck me. Like a digestive <laughs> just won't cut it anymore. <laughs> Give me a Mars bar. <laughs> Some Xanax. Yeah. Um I I I is it a case that I have heard this said many times before, but it is not something I've had experience of. Apparently, these the Welsh the Welsh cobs can be really, really high geared mentally. They oh, can be quite fuck yeah. I've never had one. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Like, yes, with bells on. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I've encountered a good few. And I think with the right owner and the right training, they're, like, they're great, but... Like, yeah, exactly. Like, this lady obviously has has found her way forward with it. But as I said, I just want to... they're was... not easy. Yeah, they're not for everybody, like, yeah. No. Because they've kind of got, like, the strength of a cob, but, like, but the... quite a sharp brain... Yeah, like a thoroughbred brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah that's that's going against you. It's not not ideal. No. <laughs> no. Julie <laughs> notice. Yeah, I think willful maybe would be an adjective. I'm I'm now going to be like hit with a barrage of like Welsh cob lovers on. I like how dare you like. My pom pom is a very civil animal. Yeah, yeah never, never been willful in his life, but yeah, probably not for me so much. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm saying that mine are fucking any better because they're. I was going to well. say, look at the horses we have between yeah. us. And it's like I'm in no position to judge people in glass houses and all that. But yeah. I mean, if I can describe mine as bellends, I can describe a Welsh cob as willful. <laughs> yeah well willful i mean it's polite and as well you know you can always put a positive spin on willful all right so um we have really enjoyed being back um we're loving your stories and your questions and any advice and we're also going to do a training um tips one so if you've got anything that you'd like to send us in please keep them coming because we're going to try and do another episode on this so um please message us at book off banter on facebook and instagram and book off banter at gmail.com uh, for yeah no christ <laughs> like, <laughs> <not that>. done. <laughs> for anything else for yeah. anything else any suggestions or comments or yeah (laughs) all right so thank you so much for listening bye bye